what we did was that we actually talked about some issues uh, that Singaporeans actually face in our community, in this community. And we also discussed in your small group discussion that how can QBC then invest in and strive for common good and seek the welfare of the people living in our communities. So there were the discussions that we were having at that point in time. And with that, we will give a very brief overview of what we think are some of the trends that's happening. And I'm sure if you have done the DG material for the second one, you will probably have the answers in here already. But you have not, this is a quick overview for that. So question one, by 2050, what is the percentage of the total population in Singapore that will be age 65 and above? Now, turn to your neighbor and guess, guess. If you have done it in your DG, then this is test time. Any volunteers that will shout out that I can hear? Somebody say 20? 50. Someone says 50. Anybody else? 45. Oh, if this is a number game, you are very close because the number is 47. In United Nations, when they, uh, they actually did a, a statistical uh, projection, so in 2017, they gave this result that about 47%, which is close to half the population, would be 65 and above. While this is shocking, it also tells us that this is a trend that we are going. Next question. Oh, by the way, this is interesting because we realize there's more ladies than guys in their projection as well. Next one, religious affiliation. So in a short five years, from 2010 to 2015, what religious affiliation in Singapore do you think would grow the most? What, what, what? Wow, you did the material, is it? Okay, here we go. Now, it is true that no religion in Singapore actually grow the most. And in fact, we also know that amongst all the different ones, it's the ones that's 15 to 24 years old, the younger generation are the one who contributed most to this increase. And if we were to look to the chart, the next runner-up would be 25 to 34. In other words, we are seeing a shift in the religious affiliation of our younger generation. So trend two, other than aging population, the second one is that our young people, how we see religion. Third one will be the last one because we can't continue forever, is social class divide. Now, how much more do the top 10% of our household earn compared to the bottom 10%? How many times? 33. What, 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 what? Three, what? 33%? Why? Because you got answer. Yes, the answer is 23 times, not percent, but times, 23 times. What happened, thank you, what happened here, if you see the answers from this book, you can refer to it if you want to. In the IPS, the Institute of Policy Studies on Social Capital in Singapore, 2017, it says that the average monthly household income from work per household member for the top 10% of household is about 13000 and, and in contrast, the average monthly household income from work per household for members in the top bottom 10% of household is about $500. And that is a major disparity. While we wanted to highlight this, not as to say defining what is good, what is bad, but rather we want to bring out the trends that's happening in Singapore. And the question that we have next is that, so what are we as Christians, as QBC that's located in this place, can do to be involved in impacting communities, which is a theme for today. So today we have two parts of it. The first part of it is the panel session, 
in this panel session, we'll be having stories that will be telling you of, of, our, of some of the experiences. And then we hope to dismiss you on time at 11.30, sorry, 12.30 to the booth whereby you get to actually ask questions and be exposed and to understand what exactly all the various uh, ministries are actually doing in QDC. So this is the purpose for today. And with that, we wanted to start off with this verse that says, our desire, as what's stated in uh, Jeremiah 29.7, to seek the welfare of the city. As what we have mentioned today in the sermon, as well, Pastor Peter was saying about us being pilgrims. And that when, when we were sent in the community that we are in, that we will have the desire to seek the welfare of the nation. Shall we pray? Father, we thank you for this privilege that we are saved by your grace. That with that, Lord, you want us to be sought and light as pilgrims on this earth. As short as it is, as long as it is, Lord, till we see you face to face, I ask that you will help us stir our hearts today as we listen to stories on how you will use us as your tool to be of impact of the community around simply because we are your children. So thank you, God, for this privilege that we can be here and ask that you will guide us in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Right now, we're going to show you a short clip. It will be a quick overview of the various uh, ministries that, that is happening in QBC and how we have, at this point, been involved in this ministry. Okay, looking at the map, I wonder what thought of emotion come to mind. I was filled with amazement. Praise be to God. Unconsciously, God has done so many new, amazing, and glorious work in QVC. Our community outreach continues to expand, and we are not doing much more than this map can cover. Some of these include prison outreach, Red Hill Elderly Ministry, foreign workers, Chinese workers, the home domestic helpers, and also the HDB visitation, etc. It is short sharing for me today, but I would like to strongly encourage all of you to participate in a new initiative, Hello Dawson. In two years' time, there will be 3,800 households moving in Dawson, of which 1,000 households are the elderly. Not only do they will need help to move from Tangling Hawk to Dawson, they will also need help to settle down in the new environment, new place. The organizer of the Hello Dawson told me that these elderly have stayed in their old place more than 30 to 40 years. The move away somewhere familiar may affect their emotionally and physically. Some may develop depression, even enter to commit suicide. With Jesus in mind, we need to be there to help them to adjust to the new place and new nice stuff. 
so that their difficulty will be reduced. For next gen, I would like to share about life trend. Those who are older can learn to get along better with the youths and the young adults and give guidance to them. What a touching sense. Though the rice distribution to Queensway Secondary School, QBC organized a youth day event which attract 15 students to our church. They were all praises from the activities that we organized by QBC. I remember Rebecca Simu told me that was rejected by the school when she approached the school to conduct in-house counseling. But God's timing is good. Today, they empower our church to join our activities and willing to join us the rice distribution. All these chains are you be touched. The last categories will talk about the gift of life blood drive. We have not had the blood drive for over more than 10 years. Our country is seeing an aging population with the average lifespan of male being how many? How old? 83 years old. And the female is 87 years. We are having longer, which I can sense from the visitation. And the giving of blood is one of the ways to help life during emergency. A pastor from the cathedral of the Good Shepherd told me that they have been championing the blood drive, but they can only raise 40 packs of blood each time. We will need 120 packs before the mobile blood donation will come to our place. After discussion with Josephine, we are collaborating with four churches and also the Rainbow Center in our neighborhood to run the blood drive on September 21st. But today, due to many reasons, look quite difficult. Brother and sister, we need you to pray and support. Because the blood you donate today is your hope for tomorrow. If you would like to find out more details about community, please proceed to Hall of Hope after the talk and for more information. Thank you, Pastor Candy. So this is a quick overview of what we actually do. You get to see and feel and touch later on over at the Hall of Hope. But today we specially invited a panel because we felt that stories are the best way to understand some of the activities and some of the, um, the experiences that we have. So today we have Ken, we have Janice, and we have Kenny today with us. And they'll be answering a few questions that we have uh, given them earlier on. We'll start off with the first question, and the question is, how are you involved in engaging the community and how do you think that you are, why are you motivated to engage in this initiative? Starting. Start. Hi, everyone. So um, I'm presently engaged in a couple of initiatives that QBC has with the elderly. Uh, these are the Befriending at the St. Andrew's Nursing Home, SANH, as well as the Red Hill Food Distribution uh, Ministry, which happens every last uh, Saturday of the month. What motivated me to engage in these initiatives? I think for me, um, I've always had a burden for the elderly. It's something that I've had when I was younger, and it's only grown deeper um, as I grew older, um, and as God confirmed it in many ways. So one example is when I desired to serve more uh, in elder care ministry uh, a couple of years back, that was also the time when SCNH started being built just next door. So I felt that was an affirmation for my burden and something that I wanted to, to just get more and more involved in. Janice, what about you? Uh, I, was involved, I was involved in uh, Fam Champs, which is short form for Family Champions. It's basically a movement by Focus on the Family, 
uh, and it's aimed at uh, empowering and helping youths in Singapore, all across different schools and organisations, to help them to understand uh, the importance of family and educating and empowering them to be able to make, uh, to be the difference and initiate the change in the family that, that they want to see. So uh, our role as mentors when we joined uh, this movement was that um, us as young adults will be attached to a group of students uh, from various schools that they will assign us to. So during our journey in this Fam Champs journey, we will uh, journey with the youth through this. So they, it, it comprises attending a camp where there will be different dialogue sessions on family issues like divorce, separation, uh, sibling rivalry, workshops on how to deal with conflict, resolution, communication. And then after that, we encourage them along the journey as they try to do their individual uh, family service projects in their schools and in their families also. So through your experience with FemCham, how do you see barriers as being broken down actually? Actually, because one of my motivating factors uh, in, in joining this FemChamps was that in my service uh, in youth ministry, I started thinking about um, what about community youth outside uh, of church? Like, how do they struggle with their issues or like, how do they deal um, with, with the struggles of life? So I began to reflect and think about how does the church actually uh, reach out to, this view, to these youth? And I reached an uh, impasse because I realized that actually the chances of these youth coming into church is extremely low. Like the barrier is just too high and, and, and the burden is actually more on us as the church to reach into the community to do that. So I felt this, this sense and this desire to want to see barriers being broken and I was pleasantly surprised because... Um, I was attached to uh, a group of Queensway uh, students. So in this group, there were seven girls, and majority of them were actually uh, Muslim girls. So uh, as part of this FemChamps journey, they had to do this uh, school project. So their, their school project uh, was scheduled on uh, one, one of the Mondays. So on the Saturday, two days before the project, they were informed by the school teacher that, that instead of the presentation being just to a set one cohort, it was actually in front of the whole entire school. So they turned into panic mode and they were very nervous because like asking a group of secondary school students to present in front of the whole school is very terrifying. So in their panic, they were desperately asking whether we can schedule a last minute meetup on Sunday afternoon to rehearse and go through their script and, and help them. So Pastor Goffin and I were attached to that group. So we were like wondering how, like where to meet, like it's Sunday and like the, how to contact the teacher to meet in school because school is not open and stuff. So we discussed then the only solution that came to mind was QBC Fellowship Hall. <laughs> yeah, because the school is just down the road. So with some hesitation because of cultural and religious uh, sensitivity, we decided to just post in the, in the group chat uh, and say openly, la, we have a place, but it's in a church. And it's an open space on first level. There are tables and chairs. We can just go and uh, use that if you are comfortable. So to our, to our surprise, they were actually very okay maybe in their panic. So, yeah, so they were very okay and they, so we actually had a group like project and discussion in the fellowship hall. And like after our discussion, we were talking and playing and some of them actually asked us like, actually what do you all do in church? Ah? You mean this place like, you can just come here and use the table and chairs? Yeah, so it was very interesting and through that conversation and just that physical side of, of like being in the QBC fellowship hall with this group of students that I would never imagine myself to be in that situation. It was a very strong impression of, of God, like starting to break barriers, like cultural and religious also in our community. And I thought that was very, quite mind-blowing for me. Yeah. 
In fact, we were, I was told by some people that they actually saw this, this, this scenario and was like, wow, this is so exciting. And it's a beautiful picture of how God can break barriers and all. And with that, our next question is a little theological question. Um, that question actually said that when, when God created the world, um, He meant to create this world to be beautiful. But because when sin come into the world, that this, this world become marred, it's no longer as beautiful as it is. So when Christ come, Christ's intention is to, is to redeem us from sin. At the same time, He's also to restore this beautiful world, this God's image as well. And, and, and with that, right, the question is, we as Christians, being Christ followers, we too can take part in this redemption of a restoring of God's image. And in that sense, the uh, restoring of the dignity of mankind is also part of it. Of course, we can't bring this to perfection. It cannot be a, a perfection of, of, of this beautiful world until we see him face to face. But in this process, as we as pilgrims, is where how do we actually take part in this restorations of God's image, which is actually the theological essence of why we are involved in impacting the community. And with that, the question that I have for them is, how do you see yourself taking part in this work of restoring the image of God? Or in other words, giving dignity to humankind. Um, so this is a theological question. I don't have a theological answer. I'll just speak from my perspective. Um, in my interactions with the elderly in the nursing home as well as in Red Hill Ministry, uh, many of them are alone uh, or they're put there by their family um, for various reasons. And I do see, um, and when I speak to them, I do see that there's a lot of loneliness, a lot of feelings of uh, abandonment and um, just the feeling that they are not really part of society or they're not wanted by society. Um, you know, when, when I accepted Christ, um, for, for me, life changed because whenever I struggle with these feelings, uh, whenever I'm down, whenever I feel unwanted, alone, or unloved, there's always, um, I guess, the love of God and Christ that, that grounds me. Um, but for these elderly who, um, who do not know God, they don't have, you know, this thing, this, this God to turn to when they struggle with these feelings. And, and, and that makes me feel very sad for them. Um, and so I see like, the, the, the little interactions that, that I have with the elderly people as, as a way to just remind them, um, someone still cares for you. There's people out there who, who think about you and, and you're not really alone in this world. You know, so many of these elderly people are just waiting to die and that's a really sad fact. Um, so I hope by my little interactions, by our little interactions, we, we remind them of the fact that, that they have value in society still. Um, we give them a glimpse of, of God's love for them, God's care for them. And, I mean, hopefully we restore a bit of that social dignity that they have lost over these years. Um, and, you know, we pray that one day they will come to, to know the real thing um, sooner rather than later. Lah. No, most of the time, we don't know that we are actually engaging in theological expression. When we see the goodness in life, when we are involved in the goodness in life, and the, that's the original intent of God's creation. That itself is when, you know, all the different talking about Monsieur Day and the recreation, this is exactly what it is. So we think about our own lives when we are involved in the people's welfare and the goodness in life, that exactly is restoring the image of God. And this is what... Kenny is trying to explain to us. Thank you. The very last question 
we actually especially has invited Ken because none of us has the right to answer that question. If not, you'll be in Chinese saying the The question that I have for him is that how do you think QBC being located in 495 Margaret Drive actually made a difference in your life? Hi, every, hi everyone. When Pastor Rebecca, I received text from her saying that asked me to sit on this community outreach panel. And then without a second thought, I said, no, I cannot do that. Say maybe looking for my wife would be a better person, but definitely not. But saying this question, uh, after listening to her, I'm, I can say I'm a beneficiary of 495 Micro Drive. It all started um, six years back. Uh, I remember it was one lazy Sunday, and I was at my living hall, watching some TV program, and uh, there was a knock on my door. And our dear brother, Jack, together with his, his cheeky children, uh, he came to our place, giving out Christmas card, and saying hello, and they were telling us that they are from QBC, just down the roadside. So when they left, I remember I said that to my wife, say, they look happy people. We should go and see, see Lulu one day, you know, to this church. So that day came, uh, we went, and uh, as usual, you know, um, no, that day came. Uh, as usual, we, we, we QBC during, during the time was ha having some big renovation, big fans uh, blowing down the hall, and we, 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 we kept our presence very, very low profile, you know, but very soon we were spotted and, and was welcome, <laughs> very welcome by you all. And, um, uh, a month with the QBC, and then we were in a cell group back then, they call cell group, uh, F3. So this F3, this cell group actually is, is very, very good. Okay, no? we, 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 everybody come together during the midweek, and uh, we worship, we pray, we study God's words, and supporting each other. And um, everything was beautiful. So when uh, new the new year came, the new a new a new the new year came, and I was having a very bad running nose for months, and uh, and decided to see a doctor and a visit to ENT, and I was diagnosed with uh, a stage three advanced nose cancer, and I was only thirty nine. So when we our so yeah when we, when we told our DG leader Irene you know what I cried to okay and she has tears in her eyes my wife and myself we are very surprised by her love she gives so we pray and then very soon, my treatment starts. Treatment, the treatment was not very easy. And a member, a raw sister, she provided us my daily treatment.
fine. Um, it was a, it's a 30, 33 days of treatment and it was not good. And initially she was saying, okay, I just provide, provide you a few, few, you know, a few sessions, but eventually she provide us almost 33 sessions of, of daily treatment um, as my body get weaker. So as I, as I, as I, um, as I recall, you know, many times, um, just a, just a knock on the door changed everything. So without the knock on the door, I believe myself and my wife will be still fighting the illness by our own strength. Um, I'm very glad that I found God and found QBC, the amount of the support, the prayer that given to us. So, I'm, so now I'm all well now, as you can see. Praise the Lord. And sharing this beautiful moment with you all. So I urge our brothers and sisters in Christ over here, come forward to provide or get involved in any community hours, outreach, and you never know someone out there who need joy, peace, and and God's love. So we should we should really share our lovely God with other people. And that's my sharing. Thank you. You know, when I asked them for stories, I wasn't expecting the kind of answers that I get. But every time I hear my heart is stirred on how great a God He is and that how in our unknowing God can use us. So I think that's something that we really thank you for sharing with us. That's why we have to convince Him to tell all of us the great story. So this second part of it, we wish that we could have more time actually just to hang around and just talk on this panel forever. But because we don't want you to miss out on being exposed to the various uh, booths that's happening, what will happen in this next section is that you will be moving out to Hall of Hope, which is just across, to take a look at the different booths. Because you may not have enough time to finish all, go to the one that you are interested in. So take a look at the map that you have first. But for crowd control purposes, we actually will divide this into two groups. So in the first group, may the adult DGs proceed to the Hall of Hope first. By the way, those people who need to prepare, this is a good cue for you to go over to the other side. Now, um, then you may, if you have time, to discuss some questions after. Jen Paul and Y-Wave and Filipino Ministries, uh, please remain in the hall for about 10 minutes of discussion. And then we have a few questions that we actually talk on the panel for you to discuss in the group before moving over so that... Um, we can have uh, more space in the Hall of Hope. And with that, we end our panel and thank you for joining us today. So thank you. Mm -hmm.